Welcome to the Growing Disciples podcast. I'm Craig Mitchell, National Director for Formation, Education and Discipleship with the United Church in Australia. In this podcast, I spoke with Adrian Blenkinsop from the Bible Society in Australia about engaging young people with the Bible. You'll also notice that I had a massive head cold and sound like I was talking underwater. Anyway, I know you'll enjoy what Adrian had to say. Adrian, great to be here with you. Tell us about yourself. Thanks, Craig. Excellent to be with you, mate. Uh, I work with Bible Society Australia as their National Youth Ministry Development Manager. What it entails is working primarily with youth influencers, youth pastors, Christian teachers, chaplains, all around exploring how we can see young people engage deeply with Scripture. Uh, Who's doing great stuff? How and why is it working? And how can that be shared? Bible Society Australia has historically been very strong on... um, translation and distribution and getting Bible into the hands of people that want them at a price they can afford. Um, so, so my focus is around how do we engage, how do we see young people and leaders engage deeply with scripture. And what does it mean at a, at a deeper level than just are they, are they kind of, have they downloaded the Bible app and are they reading a, a bit of scripture each day? Uh, what does it mean to actually move beyond that and, and actually engage with it deeply and uh, be transformed through it at a, at a personal and a communal level. How do we see that happen? Now you've, you've had a major uh, project over the last couple of years looking at exactly those kinds of issues. Mm. Are young people engaging with the Bible? If so, why? If not, why not? Mm. Tell us how that came about. Yeah, in 2009 I was at a conference in Malaysia with a, a bunch of different global Bible engagement agencies and, and mission organisations and I heard stories from a number of them of what they're doing around engaging their culture with scripture. And it emerged that a, a number of them had done really significant bodies of research into their culture. So I came away from that conference with a sense of how are we listening to our culture? We're trying to engage young people with scripture. Why are we doing what we're doing? And so from 2010 to mid-2011, I, I brought together a group of national denominations and mission organisations, and we funded Christian Research Australia to do research into youth culture uh, and church culture in Australia. So it took about 18 months, uh, and they did about 103 group interviews with, with young people around, all around Australia, cities and rural areas, every state and territory, and, and they sat with young people, not necessarily young people who were Christians, but all the young people interviewed had a connection to a Christian. They did these group interviews in parks, in school halls, in homes, youth meetings and things like that. Uh, so the key question that we wanted to explore was what's the state of Bible engagement in Australia with young people and those who lead them? What, what range of churches were part of that state? Yeah, we covered pretty much every denomination. There's Anglicans, Baptist, Catholic, Church of Christ, Lutheran, Uniting Church, Wesleyan Methodist and a number of non-denominational churches. There are a couple of key questions that we wanted to explore. One was we wanted to explore the ways that youth do engage with the Bible. We wanted to understand the catalysts and the barriers. Also really to define the role of youth leaders and youth groups in Bible engagement. How important, how significant uh, are youth leaders and youth groups in that? What are some different denominational issues between young people? What is shaping youth culture here in Australia? And how can that enable us to better understand young people and engage with them? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big range of questions. Were you were you surprised by what came out of it? I guess it just kind of confirmed what a lot of us suspected. Some key headlines that emerged was that the young people that identify themselves as Christians say that actually the Bible isn't on their radar and the Bible isn't actually something they consider. It doesn't shape their life. It doesn't shape their worldview. And for many that do engage with it, it's pretty much a book of personal comfort. So they have their favourite three or four Bible verses and when they are in a crisis, when something's happening in their life, they, they refer to those particular Bible passages 
uh, and it helps them get through that period of time. A significant thing is that they're lacking Bible engagement, encouragement and modelling from their leaders and from the home environment. And, and when they do read the Bible, there's often a disconnect between what they read in the Bible uh, and how they live their lives and interact with their world. So there's a disconnect between Scripture and, and their own day-to-day -day life. A positive thing that really emerged strongly was that young people are 10 times more likely to engage deeply with Scripture if they're in a peer community. If they have a leader who encourages honest questions, opinions, and who models Bible engagement. So that has been a key focus for us in response to the research, um, enabling and encouraging groups of young people to sit down together you know, with, with a leader who's not kind of a, uh, a know-it-all, whose role is not there to kind of impart knowledge and information into the heads of the young people, but who's a great facilitator, who asks great questions, who encourages, and who kind of provokes, creates intrigue around scripture isn't there just to kind of come in at the end of the Bible study with, with a simple uh, answer, but actually, you know, is okay with unanswered questions. He's okay saying to a group of young people, you know, we've got some incredible questions that have emerged. You know, there's a lot of different opinions here. We're going to go away this week and we're going to keep talking to God about this. We're going to do some, a bit more reading. We're going to ask some other people around our church or around our community what they think about these issues. We're going to keep exploring this. So, so that's, that's very different to kind of sitting in a Bible study environment with young, young people with four questions relating to a Bible text and, so, uh, you know, with the intent being to get the right responses to those questions. I still remember a Bible study book, the classic thing, like, you know, what does Romans 5 verse something say about justification by faith? And there'd yep. be dotted lines for you to write down what it said. Yep, exactly. That, that's my formative experience with Scripture as well. And, and you had a bunch of Bible verses you had to memorise. Part of what you're saying is not so much that young people read the Bible and don't understand it, but that they're not reading it, they're not seeing it being read, they're not seeing it in the lives of others and they're not just not even opening it up? Yeah, very much so. Historically, scripture engagement has, has been about reading. So, you know, I mean, since the invention of the printing press, faith formation has moved from being a communal event to being highly individualistic. And that's represented in how we engage with scripture as well and how we kind of think we should read the Bible. So it's all about my personal Bible reading time. But I think scripture was, was written to, to be engaged, read and understood in community. Why have we taken it to be highly personalised? You know, so part of my intent is to kind of go, well, let, let's actually read scripture in community. What does that look like? How do we enable a young person to ask great questions of scripture, navigate their way through it? I had a great question asked, I was in New Zealand a few weeks ago, and someone said, a youth leader, one of the workshops I ran said, is there one right meaning to any bit of scripture. Um, and I've never been asked that question and as I reflected on it I, I thought I don't think there is because even if you go back to the myriad of Bible translations we have they're all someone or a group of people's interpretation of the original text and that's why you look at different translations of scripture and think well they're, they're all so different because at the end of the day we all interpret scripture through our own lens but there are things we can do around that doesn't mean that you know, truth is relative and there is no truth around scripture, it, but it is to acknowledge that and say, well, what do we do to, to best enable the Holy Spirit to speak to us through that as we engage with scripture? The, the words in and on the page only become word for us when the Spirit helps us interpret them. We don't worship the book, we worship God. Yeah, we? that's right. I remember being in churches where when, when the scripture was read, we would all take a Bible, we would all find the text, and mm. we would we would look at it while it was being read, or sometimes we'd read it aloud. Yeah. And the Bibles are still sitting there, or, or nowadays sometimes it'll be on the screen. So if you're a young mm. person, you don't know where it is in the book, and mm. it's kind of abstracted from anything. Yeah, th that's right, that's right. You, you know, and, and if a young person has a, a Bible app, you know, it's one thing to just kind of tap it on, a, on your smart device, 
um, it is different to actually kind of grab a, grab a book and open and get a sense of particular book I'm reading you know, is towards the start of the Bible, it's towards the back or it's kind of in the middle. And, uh, and, and I think there's something to be said for actually op- physically opening a Bible and getting the sense of, you know, this is, a, this is a big story. The part that I'm reading kind of sits towards the start of this story or sits towards the end of this story. You don't get that didactic physical sense uh, when you just tap, a, tap your smartphone and, and, you know, open Proverbs 27 or something like that. Let's then come back to opening up the Bible intentionally with a group of young people. You talked about the leader modelling. What does that mean? It means acknowledging that getting into the Bible can be really hard work. Sometimes reading the, reading the Bible and engaging with Scripture at a personal level is just commitment, as opposed to you read it because it's inspiring and it comes alive for you and God speaks to you every time you, you open it. You know, and, and Scripture engagement is a pivotal part of discipleship, you know, along with community, prayer, service. Is some of the young people having a sense from the leader that this book matters to them? They, they open it, they pray with it, they're familiar with it? Absolutely. It's an interesting question to ask youth leaders, what is the Bible? And it's a simple question, but, but I find it, it often is a real challenge for youth leaders to respond to that, much less young Christians. The sense of you know, this book is not just a, a book of history, a book of stories, uh, a book of what God has done. You know, it's this unfolding story. So scripture kind of tells the story of a creator God who created you know, and ultimately will recreate. And so all these weird stories in the Bible that we might read in the Old Testament, these incredible miraculous stories that we might read of in the New Testament, they're all part of something much much bigger. So when it, when a leader models, you know, engaging scripture, reading scripture, understanding scripture as this unfolding story, it gives a young person a sense of how it begins to make sense. And when, when a youth leader, I guess, also models what I call healthy Bible engagement, and that can be done in just how they preach, how they how they teach their young people. Do they approach scripture as moralizing? Do they proof text it? You know, as in, you know, we're talking about relationships today. So here's five Bible verses that, that support, you know, what I want you kids to understand. You know, moralizing. The Bible says, "Do this, but don't do this." You know, or is it is it that um, uh, that sense of like like you reflected on? You know, here's the Bible passage. Here's four questions. You mine the Bible for the right knowledge in order to answer the questions correctly. Or, or do we engage it as narrative? Do we kind of go some parts of the Bible are really hard for us to understand? You know, why is that? How do we give space to, for God to speak to us through that? And how do we kind of bridge that gap between this ancient book and us today in 2015? That requires some skill, it requires some patience, and it requires commitment. We were talking earlier about those um, old multiple choice Bible studies from the 80s or something, but one of the things I, I liked about that was, was that it was yeah. what I felt. So, yeah. so it, was, it actually was a way of imagining, if, if I had been there, what, you know, what might Jesus have been saying to me, or how might have I been feeling, or what might have God been doing in that? For me, and, and yeah. as you know, I mean, there's actually a long tradition of, of praying the scriptures like that too, of imaginatively putting yourself in the story mm. And, mm. and letting God, God speak. So, mm. some some of that is about not not imposing questions on the text, but letting the questions come out of our encounter with the text. Yeah, absolutely. There are a whole bunch of questions, I guess, that that I, that I find really helpful in encouraging youth leaders to explore. You know, simple hermeneutical practices, I guess. Grab a piece of scripture, ask questions of it a lot. What stands out for you in the, in this story, in this passage? What what stands out? What grabs you? What do you like? What do you dislike about this story? You know, what character in this story gets your attention? Why? You know, and even even looking at power struggles within a story. Who's at the centre? Who are the powerful ones? Who, who's at the margins? You know, at the beginning of the story. At the end of the story, how's that changed? 
What, what changed? Why did it change? Imagine you were this person in the story. What's going on for you? How do you see that the world around you? Um, how do you feel about what this person has done to you? How do you feel about what, what Jesus said to that person? You know, and, and even like, how would you retell the story in the modern context? Re- rewrite this. A friend of mine in Melbourne called Marcus Kerno a number of years ago with his faith community did a contextual rewrite of the Gospel of Mark. They didn't change the characters, but they changed the locations and the settings. And so rather than everyone going to the temple, they'll go to the MC because it's grand final day. It, it was a great way for their community to actually dig into scripture, make sense of it, you know, contextualize it. And in doing that, scripture really came alive for them. I often do a similar thing in workshops that I run with youth leaders and say, choose one of the gospels, choose a, your favorite Bible story, rewrite it like it was happening today. Yeah, and it often enables a person, especially young people, to engage their imagination, to kind of put themselves in this setting and try and imagine it happening today. Again, it's a really simple tool that is trying to bridge that divide between ancient world of scripture and us today and in doing that saying God you know what what might you be saying to us today and and even retelling identifying different characters in a bible story and rewriting the story from their perspective you know it's almost a bit of a bit of midrash you know where you kind of dig into the backstory and, and use your imagination and creatively retell it I mean one of the things that I think historically with bible engagement we're very much focused on reading you know sit quietly in a church you know in your bedroom and read the passage and reflect on it. And that's great for young people who are academically orientated or who are, who are literate. But what about young people who just dislike reading? What about those kids like me as a 14-year-old who would much rather be down the beach or running around than sitting in a church hall trying to read the Bible and memorise the Bible? So how do we engage you know, kinesthetic learners, auditory learners, visual learners? How do we engage them with scripture? And again, that's one of the things that is a real challenge for many youth leaders because the Bible study part of their Friday night program is not a priority. Well, we, we do a 10-minute study at the end, and to be honest, it's a bit of a token effort. Culturally, before the invention of the printing press, it was done orally. Stories were retold generation to generation. And in doing that, in the retelling of stories, the imagination was engaged. Things made sense. So how do we, how do we recapture that? Three or four years ago, I was leading a group of 10 to 14-year-olds at our church. We would spend three weeks on a text. The church was using a lectionary for preaching, so we would know every fourth week what the text was going to be. So, so week one, we would explore the text together, and then weeks two and three, we would dramatise and film it. Okay, else. great. And then week four, well, that would be shown in church. We made Lego Jesus films. We did silent movies, Moses burning bush up the mountain yeah. with live sheep and that kind of yep. stuff. So they actually spent three weeks <laughs> with the text. We, yep. we didn't burn the sheep. Oh, the sheep okay. The sheep yeah. weren't being it's just a barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, it was three weeks with the text, and week one was talking about it, but then yep. weeks two and three were actually acting it out and having some fun and juicing something. And then in week four, they would not only be showing that in worship, but they'd be hearing it preached on as well. That seemed to go pretty well, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Sitting in a text like that, engaging it from different angles, using different forms of creativity, I think is incredibly powerful. There's, um, I guess, a number of approaches, some methods that I encourage youth leaders to think about as they're engaging young people with the Bible. One that I've developed is, is simply five key points. Healthy Bible engagement can happen when we approach Scripture. Firstly, in community. Like I said before, young people are 10 times more likely to engage Scripture deeply in a, in a peer community. So how do we engage Scripture in community, where young people are encouraged to bring their own questions, their personal stories and their experiences to the Bible? Secondly, how do we approach Scripture prayerfully, you know, humbly inviting the Holy Spirit to guide us and speak to us as we engage with Scripture? Uh, someone once said, the Scriptures become the life-giving word only when God's Spirit energises the person reading them. So how do we engage Scripture prayerfully? How do we engage Scripture as a narrative? 
you know, reading bits of scripture mindful of the overarching narrative, you know, the big story of scripture kind of gives young people a sense of seeing where the individual bits fit in. So it always part of this much bigger story. Fourthly, how to engage scripture contextually, you know, how we draw on different Bible scholars uh, to understand the culture and context of that of the particular writer. You know, what was going on? What's the genre of this particular book? Uh, you know, and what, what might God be saying to us today in light of understanding the context of Scripture? And fifthly, when we engage Scripture honestly, I think we all have different lenses. You know, things like our gender, our age, where we live, our upbringing, you know, our sexuality, all those sorts of things actually shape how we find meaning in Scripture. Let's be honest about that. You know, how, how we read and interpret a passage of Scripture here in Australia is completely different to a, to a young person in rural India or Central America. So is, is one right or wrong? No, no. It's just that we all wear different glasses and lenses when we, when we try and interpret and make sense of Scripture. So I find that you know, approaching Scripture honestly, let, let's acknowledge those things and acknowledge that there is, when it comes to Scripture, there's a whole lot we will never understand. And actually that's okay. That's why we kind of need to do it prayerfully and, uh, you know, and, and humbly as well. So the five things that I've found uh, can just be a couple of methods that can help a youth leader engage and, and approach scripture engagement with their young people. That's really helpful. Now, now you, you've had some other experiments happen. There's one about reading scripture in public. Yeah, yeah. So again, uh, some guys in Melbourne do a thing called um, City Bible Walks where they, where they just take passages of scripture and read them on locations around Melbourne. And there's a whole bunch of different things that they've done. We've got some video clips on our website which dig into it more, uh, which is youth.biblesociety.org.au. They'd go to the casino and read the story of you know, Jesus overturning the tables. They'd read stories of Jesus being, being interrupted reading the laneway in, in central Melbourne, you know, surrounded by, you know, homeless people and things like that. And they say if if Jesus was here, what what would be happening? What how would Jesus respond? But the sense of taking Bible reading out of four walls and actually reading on location and imagining it happening around us. They do a thing where they, they go up uh to one of the buildings in Melbourne C B D and they read the story of being Jesus being tempted in the desert. You know, and, and the reading is they're looking at over Melbourne, over Crown Casino, the MCG over you know, over the banks and, uh, and the hotels. And so what are the things for us today that, that tempt us? What are the things today around us in our world that would, would draw us away from Christ? Another thing that, um, that we've developed like, in response to all this research is, a, is an app called Qblar, as in Q-B-L-A. And that simply means question blah, blah, blah. And, and at its heart, it's a, it's a digital space where young people can ask hard questions around God, faith, scripture, and the Bible. They can post a question on that and other young people respond to that question. Uh, so we've had that out for pilot testing for about the last 12 months and we're in the process of, of building the new version of that, which is going to be quite different and have a lot more functionality in it. Um, and we're working with a number of global mission organisations around developing that. But at its heart, it is about a resource that a youth leader can connect their young people into. You know, when a young person is having questions about uh, about their world and about faith and God and, and those sorts of things, they can say, download Kubler. Upload a question and see what other people your age think about this around the world. Yeah, and then that, that youth leader can then have that follow-on conversation with their young people around it. Uh, in the meantime, the young person downloads Kubler. It's free. They upload a question and, and they get this feedback from other young people around the world about you know, what they think. Also developing a, a team of young Christian vloggers, video loggers around the world. 
Uh, so as a young person uploads a question, it'll get uh, push notifications sent out to, to young Christians around the world and they will create their own short videos, you know, kind of 60, 90 second videos in response to these questions. So you have this community around the world that is asking questions around faith and scripture and hearing from each other. But at, at its heart, again, what is really important is that this is about supporting youth leaders in their face-to-face ongoing relationship with young people. Many of us in, in mission organisations have been guilty of, in the last decade, of saying young people are online, they're in digital spaces, let's invade there, that's where they are, let's kind of, let's kind of get them where they are. And we've actually neglected that at its heart is supporting youth leaders, chaplains, pastors, you know, who are doing that daily, weekly discipleship. So Kublar is about supporting that that relationship, that face-to-face relationship. It doesn't take it away. It doesn't draw kids away from that. It supports that. Uh, so Kublar, its first iteration is, is available for free um, through iOS and Android. In the next four months, we'll be starting to release the new version, which will just have a lot more functionality. There's another thing. I'm not sure it's linked to Bible Society or not. Alchemy Project? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, so the Alchemy Project, again, there's a link on our website to that. That's a, a global community that is really wanting to change the way we understand and engage Scripture and, and do it in really innovative, radical ways. So, so one of the simple ideas that the Alchemy has, has got out there, and again, this is something that I do with, with youth leaders as well, is 8-track is playlist, where you choose a passage of Scripture, a story, and you retell that using a, a, song, a playlist of songs. And it's not about just kind of saying what are the key points in the in the Bible story and what songs fit in there, but actually kind of you know, really using your imagination and saying, well, let's let's retell the story from you know the viewpoint of this particular character, and you know, let's dig into the emotions of the character and and find songs that fit those emotions. And when I've used it, I find that young people and youth leaders love it. It's just that bit different. Music engages young people so deeply. I mean, when I've looked at it, it's, it hasn't been so much, oh, I'd play all eight songs with a group, but one or two of them I go, oh, that, I would never have thought of that song, but that really yeah. nails it. So it's almost yeah. that there's a depth thing that happens. I did it with a group of youth leaders in New Zealand a few weeks ago, and one of the guys there, uh, I said, you know, there's a story of the woman caught in adultery, and uh, I said, how are you retelling the story? And they retold the story from the perspective of one of the stones that was going to be thrown at the woman. I thought, yeah, great, okay, really creative. Uh, it was fascinating, the songs they came out with and how they kind of, different perspective to try and, and understand and engage with the story. So let's finish up with local church, pastor, youth pastor, youth leader. Um, who decides they want to help you with scripture? Yeah. What are a few things they might do? Depending on on what you've done previously and what you found has worked, what hasn't worked, and why, and who are the young people you're connecting with, I think that's really important. Are your young people academically orientated or not? What are your young people like? What's the culture of your young people? Have an understanding of that and move from that. And it might be as simple as what what are the questions they have? What are their struggles around the Bible? You know, maybe you kind of just create a space for them to anonymously uh, ask those questions, and that's a starting point. And rather than kind of run a series on you know exploring their struggles with Scripture and trying to find solutions, you maybe you create conversation groups around those, and you say to young people, "Here's here's the here's the seven big questions that we've had around the Bible and understanding the Bible and those sorts of things." You know, and you enable young people to wrestle with those questions themselves. So let's explore these. But as, a, as your youth pastor, I'm not here to tell you what, what the answer is. Together we're going to explore those because there is no right or wrong answer, but let's move through this together. You know, hopefully you know, Scripture begins to make sense and come alive for them as they do that. 
and then maybe you say, well, let's, let's now start to work through one of the Gospels. Let's work through the Gospel of Mark and dig into the characters in, in Mark and what was going on and, and why did these things happen? What did Jesus mean when he said these? What's a text that is meaningful for you at the moment? Yeah, good question. Um, I think the book of Job is, is pretty significant for me. It has been for the last years, as, last two years as my daughter has battled brain cancer. The, the sense in, with Job that, that life is unfair and, and it really digs into our understanding of God, who God is and is he a distant God, is he unfeeling or, or is he very much involved in spite of how things might appear. And that sense that, that difficult things happen to good people bad things happen to really good people and that's often beyond our control. What we have control over is our response and, and so like Job, do we curse God or, or do we honestly go to God with our struggles and cry out to him? And I guess I draw from it that sense that God understands, God gets it, God is not a distant God, God is not unfeeling but God ultimately we can trust him, ultimately we can trust that he's a good God uh, and that one day our question of why will be responded to. And the thing I draw from Job is that Job goes to God and says, God, why, why, why? God doesn't actually respond to that question, but he, he opens Job's mind to what God is doing in the world, what is happening in the world, what God is about, how, how big, how sovereign, how powerful God is. And with that, that big understanding of God, Job is able to relax and kind of go, okay, I can trust you, God. So the book of Job is pretty significant for me at the moment. And then, and then just reading through Psalms, you know, I guess the, the Psalms that kind of go, God, I trust you there. Just rescue me. What does that mean? Help me to trust you. Whatever that means today, God, let me trust you. Um, so I find the Psalms also a powerful place to just to sit in and meditate and say, God, just speak to me. Be, be very close to me at this time, God. And saying, you know, for my daughter who's eight, saying, God, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but yeah, let us trust you and let me give my little girl to you. You know, she's, she's your daughter, God. I, I trust her to you. Seems to me that um, it's God who's our companion in life and what Scripture can do is, can help us know who this God is when God seems present and when God seems absent and that uh, reflected in, the, in these pages beyond the simple answers, hopefully, mm. Uh, mm. In, in, in a way that, that keeps us in relationship with God. And to do that, we need to let the book be as complex as our lives and our world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really important. You know, life, life is complex. The stories in Scripture and the characters in Scripture, life for us is also complex. Yeah, what does it mean to trust God? When life is going okay, we say, we, you know, God, I trust you, or, you know, my... My child or my partner gets sick, you know, I trust you, but I trust you to fix it. When we say, God, I trust you, we're saying, I trust that you're going to make things right. What does it mean to trust God when things may not be right? What, what does it mean to trust God when your daughter may die? That's really different and that's really hard. And I'm still figuring that out, <laughs> to be honest. I, I, maybe you can never figure it out, but, you know, if you're a person of faith and struggling with someone close to you dealing with a life-threatening illness, you've got to say, God, I trust you. And I'm not sure just what it means. Help me to trust you and, and understand what it means to do that each day. And I think for young people, that's about having a faith that's real. You know? uh, where can people go to find out more? Yeah, we've got a website that we're constantly uh, putting new content into uh, and I blog from it as well, called youth.biblesociety.org.au. Um, so that's a place with lots of video resources. Everything on it is free. There's links to other great resources that would be of a support to, to youth leaders, chaplains, Christian teachers. 
So have a look at that. Uh, you can contact me through that website as well. And like I said, we're constantly updating it. And it's really designed to be full of resources and ideas and supports. That's wonderful. Thanks for the chat. Really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Craig.